Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. They measure it with physical, intellectual, emotional, social, spiritual, vocational, financial, and environmental. So all of those things is kind of what um, the, the, the wellness community kind of looks at and says, okay, well, it's all of these things, and these are all of the things combined together, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with any of those things. In fact, you know, the wellness community is a multi-billion dollar um, adventure. I mean, they just are making money left, right? Because coming out of COVID, a lot of people too have been you know, kind of aware, more, more trying to figure out, I'm not really walking in wellness. I'm not walking in wellness in my mind. I'm not walking in wellness in my body. I'm not walking in wellness in even my relationships with people or even my relationships with God. And so oftentimes they're looking for how do I walk in wellness? How, how do I get this thing kind of right? But we have found that in the Bible, the Bible looks at wellness, kind of condenses it into two main areas. The first is health, right? And we're not just talking about our physical health, but we're talking about our well-being, being sound in who we are, being sound in the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. It's you moving forward in life and experiencing this healthy rhythm that God has kind of placed in, in, in your life. The second thing is prosperity. Now, we're not talking about money, okay? Because a lot of people automatically think, well, no, he's got to be talking about money, but we're not talking about that, right? It's not just about money. It's about being fruitful. It's about you and I are supposed to be fruitful for the Lord in our life. We're supposed to be bearing fruit. So that prosperity is for every area of your life. It's, it's this increase making forward progress, seeing God in your life so that you can start fulfilling what God wants you to do in your life, what he has for you. Because guess what? Your life isn't just about the job that you work in the kingdom of God. God's got more for you than just the job that you work, whatever it is that you receive income and, and your finances. God has so much more for you. But see, we've got to be able to tap into that. We've got to be able to say, okay, then, you know, if that's the truth, not only does my work, what else can I give into the kingdom of God? And then God's saying, hey, well, you know what? Let's kind of move in this direction. Let's, let's go this way. And we've got to be open enough to say, yeah, I'll go. I'll do what you're asking, asking me to do. And so our theme verse for this, uh, this series has been 3 John chapter 2. And it's going to be up on the board. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And you know me, I like the Passion Translation, so we're going to read the Passion Translation too. Because it says this, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way. You remember? That your life is moving forward in your relationship with God. That everything you're experiencing is the fullness of what God has for you. He says, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. 
Just as your mind, your will, your emotion, all of those things are experiencing prosperous things. But see, that's got to be wrapped around God. It can't be wrapped around you. See, when it's wrapped around us, then that's when it gets all chaotic and it gets all scattered and it gets all over the place. But when we wrap it around God as the centerpiece, the focal piece of our life, then you know what? That, that, that ability to walk in this prosperity begins to happen. And so John, he's writing this letter to Gaius, and he's not just writing that out of a formality, like, you know, just to be a nice guy. Just to say, oh, hey, well, I hope that's happening for you. I, I hope that's going on. No, he's writing it because it's, 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 it's exactly what Scripture kind of you can read throughout Scripture. He's writing it because that's God's heart. That really and truly is God's heart for Gaius. And if it's for Gaius, then wouldn't it be for us too? Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Right? Because if it's meant for one person, that means it's meant for me too. And not just because I'm a pastor. It's just because I'm a live and breathing human being just like you. Right? But that's what he promises. Okay? So it's consistent with Scripture as, well as with what he wrote. And so here's the deal. God takes pleasure. Now remember, we're not talking about financially. God takes pleasure, though, in prospering his people from the inside to the outside. Okay? From the inside to the outside. So he wants, first and foremost, for you to be growing in your relationship with him. He wants, first and foremost, for, for this relationship connection to be working together and, 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 and building and strengthening and walking and, and doing all these things. That's the first thing he wants. But what happens as a result from the inside, it goes to the outside. And it begins to touch people's hearts. It begins to, for you to all of a sudden stretch yourself a little bit, right? And you're all of a sudden, now you're talking about Jesus to someone. And all of a sudden, they're like, man, I want to know more. I want, I, I connect me. What, what's going on? What's, what's this all about? And so we have to realize it's just one of those things. But this, look, check out the scripture in Psalms 35, 27. Again, it's the Passion Translation because that's just kind of seems my, like my favorite version right now. It says, but let all my true friends shout for joy. <laughs> So if you are a believer, he's saying, hey, guess what, man? If you, man, shout for joy. How, how often do we shout for joy? Probably not too much, right? Right? You're not in your house and all of a sudden you're just like, yeah! You know, people, your next door neighbors probably think you're crazy or your, or your family members think you're crazy. But he says, let all my true friends shout for joy, all those who know and love what I do for you. Okay, so it's talking about how the fact that, you know, God has this friendship with you and he's wanting you to know that, man, I do so many things for you. Then it says, let them all say the Lord is great and he delights in the prosperity of his servant. He delights in that. He takes, oh my gosh, he gets so excited. You know, like when your kid scores a goal or, or hits, a, hits the ball in baseball or, or whatever it is, no matter how old they are. I mean, you can start at t-ball level and you're like, yeah, they made a little, the ball went like three, three inches, right? And we're just like, yeah, right? But then as they get older, you know, as they start growing and they, they're, they're, they're learning whatever the craft, the tool, the, whatever they're doing, all of a sudden now it becomes a little more like, Oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, man, they got a hit or a home run. I remember hitting a home run in Little League one time, and seriously, I had my eyes closed. 
right? And I don't, I don't know how I hit the ball, but I hit it, and it went over the fence. And I was like, yeah! Right? And my dad was like, you know, he's real quiet. He's like, yeah. But anyways... <laughs> It was, it was one of those things. But, but you understand it. He gets excited about the fact that he can prosper you. Not just financially, but in every area of your life. But here's the deal, right? So we're going to get to our message title here in a minute. But here's the deal. Yes, God truly wants his children to be walking in wellness. Okay, we've kind of established that. But just like those who are parents, right, we want for our kids, we want our kids to be well right? We want them to be prosperous. We don't want our kids to be suffering. We don't want our kids to be going through things like that. But here's the deal. God is a God who doesn't put your fun first, right? He doesn't put your happiness. He doesn't put your comfort above all else. Well, that's just going to make them uncomfortable. So I'm just not going to ask them to do that. He's not going to do that, right? I mean, think about it. No reasonable parent would let their kids stay up all night, right? Eat all the sugar that they want. Watch whatever TV they want or whatever thing on the internet all night long, right? And just, that's just not reasonable. Or they wouldn't just say, oh, well, you can go to school today. No, you don't have to go to school today. Oh, yeah, you don't want to do homework? Oh, yeah, don't do homework. That's not being a reasonable parent, right? Right? Yeah. It's not, it's just not, it's not being reasonable, Okay? And it's not being reasonable, like all in the name of health and wellness. Because, you know, as a parent, you want your kid healthy. You want your kid, you know, get a full night's sleep, right? School's coming up and it's going to rock some of our kids' worlds, you know, because they've been staying up later and now it's like, oh, you got to go to bed. What? Right? And I'll just tell you, Ezra, Ezra's going to be, he's going to be hard pressed, man. He's going he's gonna to struggle. He's going to suffering. That's what he's going to go through. He, he, he's going to suffer. But now we know that time's coming because I think he's got like maybe a week left, something like that. Okay. But we just know that that's not going to, as a parent, we're, we're, we're not going to allow all these things to happen in the name of wellness. Oh yeah, we're going to let you be well. So you eat all the sugar you want. Oh yeah, you, you eat all this, you eat all that. It's just not going to happen. But then it brings us to this biggest challenge that every Christian face, faces. How do we reconcile the certainty of God's promises and, and provision with the reality of suffering? How do we reconcile that? Because, you know, we're talking about wellness and how God wants us to be well, but there's still suffering that goes on. There's still suffering in the world. Because all of us at some point are challenged or, or experience suffering. Wouldn't you agree? At some point. Yet at times we look at the gospel and we, 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 and we look at the word of God and we see, you know what, God wants us to prosper. Yeah, cheer, you know, whatever. But there are times that we have to walk through suffering because we've all experienced, you know, whether it's the disappointment of unmet expectations or unachieved goals and or unanswered prayers. We've all been there, right? Okay. Or an unhealthy diagnosis, you know, physically or mentally. That, that can happen. Or an untimely death of a loved one? That can happen. Or even, you know what, sometimes persecution. That could, that could cause like some suffering because you're looking for the validation of, of standing on your faith and believing God's word, yet people will persecute you. Even Christians will persecute you. Crazy, but they, they will. So suffering is an inescapable part of our lives. 
that we live. And because it is, it, it's also important that we as followers of Christ, we, we develop a strong and balanced understanding of how God views suffering, right? That strong balance. I mean, does he care? Does he, does he really care? Is he, you know, tenderhearted towards the things that we're, we we're having to kind of walk through or suffer through? Also, like, you know, how, how he, does he instruct us to respond to it? And how important um, its role is in our wellness, right? We don't look at it that way. But we'll, we'll kind of look at some scripture. It talks, about, um, it talks about that. So the title of our message today is Wellness Through Suffering. Wellness Through Suffering. Uh, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Speak to us. Teach us about this topic. Um, unpack it for us. Help us to understand so that we can continue to walk in wellness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this whole thing is kind of a um, hard and sometimes confusing subject because lots of people are wanting uh, and trusting the Lord for health and for blessing. But then what happens is, is sometimes they hit these rough patches. And when they hit these rough patches, they feel like God's not doing anything. They feel like, God, where is God? Does God even care? And so what ends up happening is that oftentimes they end up giving up. They end up bailing out. They end up jumping ship. And so that's why it's important for us to understand that suffering is an essential part for us to experience wellness. Because we will face times when we are encountering suffering in our life. And, I, and sometimes you can look at it and say, well, Pascal, that really doesn't kind of make sense, but it's really true. In fact, let me give you this scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. So here, Peter, he's going he's gonna to remind us that, that trials are a part of who we are. He says, and then after your brief suffering, right? Now, I love that because he's, he's saying, hey, you know what? It's just temporary. It's, it's brief. It's slight. It's not as big sometimes as you think it is, okay? But he says, and then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, I love this, will personally and powerfully restore you. Isn't that awesome? Because we think, oh my gosh, this suffering is going on forever and ever. But then that scripture says, will personally and powerfully restore you. Who will? You? Pastor Scott? No. God. Right? Holy Spirit. Jesus at work in your life. Powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. So, are you saying, Pastor Scott, during suffering that we could actually come out of this even stronger than ever? Yes, I am saying that. That's the heartbeat of this message. It says, yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. You're not going to say, I ain't dealing with you no more. No. His goal is, man, I'm going to make you, you're going to walk through this thing and it might be some fire on it and it might be some suffering on it and it might not be everything that you want it to be, rainbows and lollipops and all this great stuff, but you know what? You're going to come out the other side stronger than you ever have been before. If you don't give up, 
See, you remember, a lot of people, they bail. Ah, God's not, God doesn't care about me. God doesn't, and they, they just kind of jump ship. But see, if we, we stay focused, then, then, we, then, right, he's able to move in our life. We will be stronger and we will grow, right, in our walk with him. That's a, that's a promise. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, because sometimes, you know, still that's kind of like, well, yeah, but, you know, God said he wants to prosper me. So why would he want me to suffer? Why would he want me to walk through some of these experiences? Well, many aspects of the Christian life are kind of seem counterintuitive um, to, to natural thinking, right? Uh, a couple of those things would be to be first, right? We want to be first, but the Bible says you got to be last, okay? By, you know, we want to be rich, but the Bible says to be a giver, to give generously, right? Oh, we want to be a leader. He says, no, but you got to follow. You got to be a follower, right? And, and really the list can go on and on and on. So that, so why is that? Because God, right, is the ultimate parent. He knows that in all of us, there are some growth and some developmental things that need to happen in our life, Right? Because, I mean, how many, I, I'm going to raise my hand, but how many of you would like, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would say, yeah, I got some still some issues, some things I'm still working with with, with God and with Jesus and, the, and really the Holy Spirit because he's the one talking to me. Yeah, right here. I'm right there with you. It, it might be a different issue, but it's an issue. But thank God he's so gracious, right? He's so, so gracious. So in order for us to experience that, that fullness of God's health and wellness plan, we're going to have to grow and develop. And in growing and developing, right, we're going to, face, we're going to have to face and overcome opposition. We're going to have to, to overcome some of those areas in our life. And we might walk through suffering. And it might not be on your timetable. It just might not. And so before I get to our four points that are going to kind of talk about the, the four types of Bible suffering, right? I want to just kind of unpack broadly these two Bible truths because so, it kind of leads into that. The first is, is that, that biblical suffering, is, this is what the definition is. Biblical suffering is enduring any pain, physical, mental, or emotional, or any persecution, cruelty, or harm for righteous living, you know, for your standing in faith for something, or a demanding process, any challenging circumstance that either God initiates or allows. Okay? Because it's not like God, you know, he, 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 he wants to teach us, right? And, and in that, it's not so much so that he knows whether you can pass the test. It's for us to know whether we could pass the test. It's for us to real recognize, oh, I'm not very good in that area when it comes to my walk with Jesus. Man, that's, a, that's an area I really got to grow in. I've, I've got to kind of develop and, and kind of ask the Holy Spirit to help me to be able to grow and to become stronger in, right? But not only just that. See, so, so God wants us to know those areas. Because sometimes, you know, we can just be like yada, 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 yada when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Like, we don't want to listen. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, no, I need you to learn this. 
I need you to get an understanding of this I, so, because I want you to grow. But see, then not only just for the areas for us to grow, but also it's for us to know, hey, I'm pretty good at that. I mean, in a sense of the Lord has helped me, taught me. I've grown in that area to where, man, it, it's not affecting me as much anymore, right? I, I, I've told you this before, but like for me personally, I feel like I'm kind of in, in, in two stages um, when it comes to um, the enemy's ability to speak into my life to cause me to be insecure. Because that's an area that I still struggle with. Because the enemy speaks very loudly in my life. Okay? But at the same time, I feel like I'm growing so it can cause suffering, it can cause pain in my life, it can cause, you know, discouragement and, 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 and anxiety and all those things. But at the same time, I feel like I, I'm closing the gap. So it's encouraging me when I know that I'm closing the gap to these, these insecurities that I might have and say, no, 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 no. I'm not that way because this is what the Bible says. This is who God's called me to be. This is who God said I am. And so that now I'm seeing that I'm closing the gap. I'm not allowing, because I used to allow this huge gap. And man, you know, it'd be like, oh man, yeah, I just, uh, you know. And that would go on. I'm just telling you, it'd go on for days. And I, I, was, I was not very, you know, hey. But now I'm closing the gap and I'm so excited that I'm closing the gap. Because that's how it should be. It shouldn't even bother me really. But see, I'm learning because I walk through some of this stuff that I'm having to, to kind of deal, deal with. Okay. So you got to understand. Now let me give you, go to James. Okay. James chapter one, verse two through five. Because you know what? Really in that growth, we want to, uh, we want to really grow to the point where, you know, we are achieving a greater godly purpose in our life. And it's, you know, basically like our soul is prospering. We're moving forward. But this is what James chapter 1, verse 2 through 5 says. Now, this is in the Phillips version. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptations. So, right there. He's just saying, hey, it's going to happen. You know, you don't live in this little, like, Christian bubble. God's there. But you're going to face trials and temptations. Says, uh, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to add that, don't resent them. What? That's crazy. He says, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Now that you take that and you go, well, man, but God's a God of love. God, God, man, he wants the best for me. He wants all of this. But here, James, who is a pastor right, of the church, he's saying, hey, when these things kind of come at you, don't necessarily, you know, like, ah, no, this is not supposed to happen to me. I'm not supposed to experience this. He says, instead, look at him and say, okay, what's going on here? Holy Spirit, help me to understand where in that area of my life do I maybe need to grow? I need to process. I need to do these things. So it says, I'll resent, uh, resent them, but welcome them as friends. Realize that they come to test your faith. They come to test your faith. So at times of temptation, times of suffering, times of, of stuff that you encounter, they are coming to what? Test your faith. Is your faith going to be solid enough or are you going to jump ship? 
I heard a pastor once say, pass the test, enter the rest. Right? So he says, realize that they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. Wow. But let the process go on until that endurance is fully developed. What? Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. We don't, we don't like that. We don't like the testing. We don't like the temptation. We don't like the suffering. But it says, let the process go on until endurance is fully developed. That means, you know what? God's working in you. If you stay in the ship and you keep your focus on God, that means God's going to help you through until the endurance is fully developed. That means you won't jump ship just at the drop of a hat. Ah, forget it. I'm going to give up because, you know, it's just not working. God's not answering. God's this. No, he's wanting to develop this endurance. Right? I mean, you look at the Olympics and these long distance runners. You know, they just didn't like, you know, go outside one day and decide, hey, I'm going to run 10 miles. They had to build up to it. At least that's what I've heard because I'm not a runner or a marathon runner. But you, you build up to it. You don't necessarily just jump in it because, man, you don't have the endurance. You don't have the lung capacity. You don't have the, your muscles. So they take it one at a time and they keep moving and stretching and going a little bit more and a little bit more. So it says, but let the process go on until the endurance is fully developed. So don't bail out and you will find you have become men or women of mature character with the right sort of independence. Now in the passage translation, it says uh, release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing, nothing lacking. Okay, so as you're going through this process, as you're walking with the Lord and and you're having to walk through some of these things, it's going to get you to the point, if you don't bail ship, to the point where you've got everything, nothing is missing, you're, you're, you're developing and growing your faith. Then it says, and if in the process any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, he has only to ask God. Don't go ask your friend, right? Because they'll give you your friend, their friend opinion. And not all friend opinions are God opinions. It might sound a little bit like it, but it doesn't mean it's it. But see, he says, go ask God. Right? So when I'm going through a situation where, you know, hey, maybe I maybe like, you know. I always use this, but I'm going to use it anyways, right? But when I had like my, my, my heart attack and my triple, oh God, why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? Well, he said, hey, you got to stop eating McDonald's. What? Right? Or, you know, junk food or, or you know, lots of sugar and all, all of those things. But see, I went to God. I didn't get mad at God. I didn't bail ship and say, well, see, God wasn't faithful. He didn't take care of me. He didn't. No, no, no. I went to God and said, God, this is you. What is up? What do I need to do? What needs to happen? So I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you. When you're walking through something and you're walking through a test of temptation or even suffering, man, go to the source of your life and say, what, what, what? And, and right there, it says, you know what? He'll let you know. Now you got to listen. Right? That's, that's always the challenge. It says, particular problem, uh, he has only to ask God who gives generously to all men without making them feel foolish or guilty. I love that about God. 
God's not going to shame you. He's not going to say, man, you should have got that right already. Right? Because seriously, there are times when God could say that to me. Come on, Pastor Scott. You should have already gotten this. Yeah, I know. But, but he doesn't sit there. He sits there and goes, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's go that direction. Let's go that. But I got to listen to him. It says, and he may be, uh, and he may be quite sure uh, that the necessary wisdom will be given to him. So he's going to give you the right wisdom that you need. Okay, and let me, let me unpack the second one just really quick. God is a wise and watchful parent, right? You just got to understand the, these couple things. So in this James passage we just read, again, it says trials and temptations. And, and, and they're both kind of the Greek word that talks about feeling uh, being squeezed or pressure or pressed, uh, pressed to the limit by external or external um, sources, forces. I mean, have you ever felt that before? Where, man, it just feels like you're, something's squeezing on you, like just pressure and all of those things. But here's what, here's what 1 Corinthians says. Paul says this. He encourages us, okay, that we can get past them. Amen, hallelujah, glory, dance, right? That we can get past them. My kids are probably like, oh, dad, come on. Okay, but we can get past them. We can grow from them. We can be victorious in them. This is what he says. This is Paul writing. We all experience times of testing, okay, or temptation. So that means I do too, you do, everyone does. Which is normal for every human being. So if you're in a test, if you're in a time of suffering, just know you're normal. That's a good indication you are a normal person, right? Although your spouse might say, yeah, you ain't really normal though, but still, okay? That means you are a normal human being. It says, but God will be faithful to you. Amen. He will, oh, listen to this. This is so exciting. It says, he will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. Ain't that good? That is so good. And then it says, and each test is an opportunity to trust him more. Woo! For along with every trial, God has provided you a way of escape that will bring you out victoriously. So every trial, every situation, every suffering, whatever it is, that you know what? God has made a way of escape. Now, you might say, yeah, but you know what? I prayed for someone and they had cancer and they didn't get healed. Well, you know what? If they were a Christian, God made a way to escape. They are now in heaven and they are fully healed, right? And so that, those, those, are, those are God things. We just got to do our part. But those are God things. But you know what? God provides a way of escape that, to where we could live victoriously. Sometimes those suffering or those, those tests are small things, right? And we come out the other side. If we stay connected, if we stay locked in, we don't bail, we don't jump ship, we allow it to grow our faith, we'll come out the other side and be victorious. And we're thinking, man, that wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was. Because God was there all along. Man, just so good. So there we can see that God, now think about this, God then must monitor every test and trial whether he's initiating it or allowing it, right? He's paying attention. 
Because you remember we talked about Job and all those things, about how Job was kind of haughty and then, you know, Satan came and all that because there was a door, open door. So it's kind of the same principle. But he's given us the ability to overcome it. And not only that, right, the Bible also provides us answers so that we can pass the test and be victorious. And here's, here's the thing too. God is never initiating or allowing these circumstances or challenges so that he can learn something about you. As we said, it's about us learning about ourselves. James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil and say, God is trying to trip me up. Ever thought that? I think God's out to get me. God's out to like put a stumbling block in my way, okay? But it says God is in, in, man, I can't even say the word, impervious to evil, and he puts evil in no one's way. Hear that? The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the, uh, the leering seducing flare-ups of our own lust. Right? So God hasn't put evil before you in order to trip you up so you can sin. It's the fact that our flesh gets in the way. Our flesh is always constantly scheming. How can we um, feed it? How can we edify it? How can we, you know, get it going? But see, that's why it's so important to have God's word in your heart. And I have the Holy Spirit in us. Because that's constantly wanting for you to renew your mind. And when you renew your mind, then that means you start taking uh, more um, authority over your flesh. Because you know what God's standard is. And you tell your flesh, hey, God's standard is this. And I'm not willing to back down from that. That's why it's just, you know, so, so important that we get that. So, so God does allow and even initiation, initiates challenges and tests, but it's all to help us to grow. It's all to help us to grow. And he won't put sin in your way. He won't put evil in your way. But he does, here's the thing, he does stand there willing to help when you call out to him. He, he will be there because he's constantly monitoring, monitor, 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 la, 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 toy boat. Okay, monitoring your journey, right? Each one of you has got a journey. It's different than others. But he's constantly gazing at it. He's constantly looking at it. And he's constantly like, man, I'm for you, not against you. Right? All right, so let's get to these four four broad types of suffering. And really, I'm not going to elaborate too much on them but because it's probably a way bigger topic than I can get in, in the whole message here. But uh, just so you know this, the first three, okay, are given, we are given grace to overcome, okay? We have been given grace to go through them by us when we focus on God, when we take God at his word, okay? And then the last one, we are instructed to take authority over. Okay, so here's the very first one. Sanctifying suffering. Sanctifying suffering. Man, what does that mean, Pastor Scott? Okay, but there is a grace to grow through the trials and the testing 
Okay, and this is kind of what we've already been talking about. But see, God gives you a grace to get through it, right? Because he's monitoring, monitor, man, monitor, blah, 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 blah. you know what I'm talking about. He's, he's watching out. He's watching you, right? He's watching you, and he is making sure that, you know what? You got a grace for it. You got a grace for it in your life. So never think that when you're going through something that you don't have a grace for it. No, you got a grace for it. And God's going God, God's, God's gonna, God's gonna to see you through. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Now, this was in the message version. It says, I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation, okay, or suffering or trial or temptation, right? It's like kind of that aggravation is kind of like a multicolor thing. So many variables to it, okay? He says, in the meantime, pure gold put in fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. So you hear that? Your faith, when you are walking through suffering, temptation, trial, whatever it is, your faith will, if you stay in the boat, if you stay focused, if you keep believing and thanking the Lord that he is a part of this thing and asking him for wisdom and doing the things that he's asking to do, your faith is going to come out like pure gold. It's going to come out shining just like, woo! Or, or, you know, if you did the, uh, what is that, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, you know, that, uh, whatever that, woo! I don't know how he did it. But anyways, that's, sorry. Okay. But, but it comes out as genuine faith. Genuine faith that is proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, because he is, soon, hopefully, it's your faith not your gold that God will have on display as the evidence of his victory. So it's your faith. That's what, he, that's what he's looking for. That's what he's trying to develop. That's what he's building inside of you. Right? But see, we have to keep going. We can't bail. I'm suffering. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a temptation. Don't bail. Don't jump ship. Right? You know, the storm and the boat. Jesus! What happened? Jesus came. Right? He was relaxing. He was resting. But guess what? I think at the same time, he was, I won't say the word, but he was looking out after each of those guys. He was monitoring the situation, even though he was asleep, because he really doesn't sleep or ever slumber, right? Because, you know, God's connected and all that stuff. But see, we can't bail. So every day we're faced with things that we could consider to be a trial, a temptation, or suffering of some sort. But each one of us has been given a grace to walk through it, to grow our faith, to strengthen our connection to God. We've been given a grace to do it. So even the challenge, I mean, I think too, it even challenges us to choose joy in the temptation in the trial, in the suffering. Are you going to choose joy? Because that's tough, right? Okay, God, I know you're there. I know you're going to help me. I know you're monitor, monitor, monitor. You're looking out for me. And in the process, I'm going to go ahead and choose joy. I'm going to believe you because you're my God and you're it, man. You're, you're all I got. 
And so I'm going to allow joy to rise up inside me, inside me. But man, that is a choice, right? It's a choice in the feelings that you're feeling in the moment, okay? So the first one again was uh, sanctifying suffering. So that's your growing, right? He's given you a grace to grow your faith in the suffering. The second one is seasonal suffering. Seasonal suffering. This refers to intentional investment that one makes into something. Okay? Believing it will pay off or bring reward in the end. We know it as sowing and reaping. That's how we know it, you know, Christianese. Okay? Or if, if you're a farmer like my brother-in-law, Pastor David, he sowing, you're sowing into the ground and then you're reaping what you sow. We, we, we know it as that. But there is a grace for your sowing and your reaping. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is God's word. This isn't Pastor Scott making it up. Okay? So you will reap proportionately to what you sow. So it's up to you. So don't sow sparingly, right? Don't sow sparingly, even if it's going to be a struggle, a sacrifice for you. See, sometimes I look at it and think about, you know, the fact, fasting, right? Yeah, fasting is a struggle. It's a, it's a sacrifice, right? It's, it's suffering for Jesus, Right? Because like when you fast, you notice you have, you have more food in your refrigerator than you normally do. And then you're like, oh man, I just want to eat something. If that's why you're fasting. Or your favorite TV show goes on and you're not wanting and you're fasting TV. Whatever it is, it seems like there's an increase before your eyes. And then you feel like, oh man, I got to suffer for Jesus. Oh my gosh. But see, hopefully you're fasting for a reason. Because fasting is then to get to the answer to the spiritual Right? To unlock the spiritual in your life. And so there, there might take some suffering. There might take some dumb, dumb discipline. It might be a test when you open the refrigerator and go, Whoa, man, look at that. That's what I've always wanted. Even though you never ate it before. Right? It's just, I don't know, your body's like, Oh, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I don't know, it's crazy. Anyways, but, but we get that. Or, or even in a practical sense, you know, you can look at it in the natural where, you know, you go to school, you spend time studying for something so that you become aware of what you're supposed to do. Or you go to a trade school or you go to whatever it is so that you're growing and you're becoming all that, that you're supposed to, skilled and proficient in every single part of that area. But see, you've got to put in the work. And that might cause you to have to suffer. Because I can't go out and hang out with my friends as much as I want to. Or I can't watch TV as much as I want to. Or I can't get on social media as much as I want to. Because i got to study. You get that? So that, that's kind of that, 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 that seasonal suffering that, that, that happens. So it, it, it might be a sacrifice, a personal suffering involved. It might be hard work. You have to be diligent. Right? I'm, I'm a huge Laker fan. I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. Okay? And some people say, ah, I don't know about that. Anyways, but see, he used to go, check this out. During 
um, off season, he would go every day and shoot 2,000 jump shots. 2,000 make made jump shots. Not just, I'm shooting 2,000 times. But see, he was sacrificing, he was working, he was doing his craft, and that caused him not to have to be able, he didn't go places maybe that he could have or whatever it is. But see, that, that's, that takes discipline. And so there's this, this, this um, sacrificing, um, the seasonal suffering that we choose. And so, like I said, going back to the spiritual, I mean, how often do we choose to fast? Only when the church calls for it? Shouldn't be. Should be a thing where God speaks to our hearts and says, hey, it's time to fast. It's time for you to, 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 help, to get closer to me. I want to unlock some spiritual things in you. Psalms 126, 5 through 6 says this. Those who sow in tears, okay? So sowing is, is not fun, right? Seldom is it fun. He says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. How many would agree reaping is always fun? Oh, yeah, it is. It's like that paycheck, right? When you get your paycheck, you're like, yeah, I got my paycheck. But see, you got to work. You had to work for it. Okay, that's kind of like sowing. It says, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless, doubtless come again with rejoicing. So, man, continuing to sow seed, continuing to sow seed, continuing, right? It says it will come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves or, or the harvest with him. But see, what's really great about that, that's a guaranteed thing. Scripture guarantees that. We're going to have to sow, right? And, and sometimes that sowing is not going to be fun. But God guarantees that, you know what, there will be a harvest. There will be fruit that comes from it. Guaranteed. As long as we don't jump ship, as long as we allow him to keep growing us, right? Let me give you the third one. Uh, the third one is uh, sacred suffering. Sacred suffering. There is a grace to endure persecution. There is a grace to endure persecution. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 12 says, But you, Timothy, okay, so this is Paul talking to Timothy, have closely followed my example and the truth that I've imparted to you, you have modeled your life after the love and endurance I've demonstrated in my ministry by not giving up. The faith I have, you now have. So he's been imitating Paul. He's been watching. He's, he's been kind of walking through all of these things. and He's not going to give up. He now has the same faith, right, that he has. This is what I have hungered for in my life has now become your longing as well. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about being so close to Jesus in your walk that you start hungering and longing for everything that he desires in his heart? Ever thought about that? Being so close. That's kind of what, 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 what's going on here. It says, the patience I have with others, you now demonstrate. And the same persecutions and difficulties I have endured. So Paul faced persecutions and difficulties. I have endured, you have also endured. So guess what? You ain't exempt from anything that when you made a commitment to Christ, 
you're going to face things, right? He says, yes, you know all about what I had to suffer while in Antioch, uh, Iconium, and Lystra. You're aware of all the persecutions I endured there. And then here comes, man, this is where Paul, like, you know, just hits the home run. He says, yet the Lord delivered me from every single one of them. If you're persecuted for your faith, just realize that God is going to deliver you from every single one of them. Every single one. Verse 12, for all who choose to live godly as worshipers of Jesus, the anointed one, listen, listen, will also experience persecution. <laughs> so, man, okay, just the way my pastor Scott's mind would work. How often do I get persecuted for my walk with Jesus in the world? Do I just stay in my little bubble and keep it all nice and tight and fresh? I ah, know right here, I'm here. Or am I out and I'm talking and I'm allowing myself to get persecuted if it comes about. See, there's a difference there. Okay? But he said, if I'm going to live as a worshiper, a godly worshiper of Jesus, the anointed one, man, I am going to experience persecution as well. So persecution is not a bad thing. You know, and in the U.S., persecution is really not that prevalent. Right? Not like Bible times. Bible times, persecution was pretty, pretty, you know. But there's other countries where persecution happens a lot more. And our country's getting that way. It is. It's kind of on this slow incline. I, I mean, you just look at, you know, the cancel culture and social media, right? And if you say anything scripturally, anything with the truth of God, and then it becomes hateful it becomes like, oh, well, you're a Bible thumper, and that's not even, you know, because it's not the norm of the culture. And so all of a sudden, now you've got this kind of personal um, persecution going on, and you're like, man, I just wrote a Bible scripture, or I, or I just said this. Yet people are so quick to cancel you, so quick to jump on that. And so it's coming. It's increasing. But again, are you going to jump ship? Are you going to say, oh man, this is too much for me? Just way, way too much. So, the first three again, we have been given a grace to walk through, right? A grace to press in, seek the Lord, allowing Him to grow in us, right? There's a grace to go through it. He'll give you wisdom. Now, the very last one, though, right? <laughs> is the one that we have been instructed to take authority over. And this is spiritual attacks. Okay? So the last one is satanic suffering. Satanic suffering. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11 says, Be well balanced and always alert. Okay? Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. That tells me that, you know what, as a Christian, I can be unedible. Right? I can be unedible because he's looking. He's not eating. He's just looking. And he's looking and going, 
Hey, is Pastor Scott edible today? Can I eat him today? Can I devour him today? Can I jack him up? Can I mess with him? Can I do this? So I've got to be at the point where it's like, no, I'm unedible today. Because, man, I got the word of God. I got my, my armor on. I've got everything that I need in my life. Okay? But it says, like a roaring lion seeking who it may devour. But that, this, this is how you become an unedible. Ready? Here it goes. It says, verse 9, take a des- device, decisive, take a decisive stand against him. Don't cower. Don't give in. Don't whatever. No, you take a decisive stand. Right? You, 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 like football. You know, they get in that three-point stance, man. Here, let me get up on the stage so you can actually see me. Not that I'm really good. Whatever. But, you know, they get in their stance, and they're, like, ready. So when the other person comes, man, they're blocking and doing whatever they, they can. We've got to be ready. We've got to be in a decisive stance and say, no, 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 no. You ain't messing with me today. Right? So it says, take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters, okay, around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. So he's attacking everybody. It's not just you, right? You haven't just popped up and you're number one on the chart list and he's like, I'm just going after him today or her. No, he's attacking everybody, okay? And then it says in verse 10, and then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up and he has all the power needed to do this. He has all the power needed to do this. He has all the power needed to do this. He has all the power needed to do this. That's my broken record. But then he closes off. Like he has all the power forever. But then he closes off, amen. What does that mean? So be it. Right? That's mic drop time. That's boom, baby. I'm out. That's what he's saying. You, God has all the power to deliver you through every circumstance, everything that you're encountering, everything that you're suffering. And see, here's the deal, because Satan, Satan knows your feelings and your bents. And so he's constantly looking, right? He's the father of lies. So to gain power into your life is once you start believing the lie that he's presented. When you start believing the lie that he's presented, then he has power into your life. He can start devouring you. He can start eating you, right? Because what he wants to do is just render you ineffective for the kingdom. He doesn't want you doing what God wants you to do for the kingdom. And each of us have a purpose in the kingdom. Big or small. It don't matter what it is. And he looks at that and goes, man, I don't want you to do that. And so he does whatever he does. He does all this shenanigans, right? He does all these things trying to, to, to mess it all up. But because of what Christ has done for us, we have authority over those shenanigans. Right? Let me share a scripture with you. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I think it's coming. Maybe not. All right. Let me just share it with you then. It says, now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority. This is Jesus talking. 
He says, now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. Who's his? The enemy. He's given you the authority to trample over the, the enemy's kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. You have that kind of authority because you're a believer in Jesus. Right? It's not because you're special. It's not because of anything you've done. It's because of what Jesus did for you and your belief in that. And he says this, Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. You have to walk in this authority. It just doesn't happen. We as believers got to believe what Christ has done for us is true. That he has given us authority, right? And then we just go and act on it. Right? If I tell my son, yeah, you can go get a, you know, a soda out of the refrigerator. Guess what? He's going to walk right up with authority and grab that soda out because dad said so, right? How come we don't look at the scripture that way sometimes? And we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, right? That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us shall fall. See, we need to be like, like my son. Is that what dad said? Well then, man, I'm in. I'm in. So, just to sum it all up, we've got to wrap it up here. Suffering, right? Sometimes we look at it and say, man, it's just out to rob our joy. It's out to, to just really kind of take away our happiness and all that. But Scripture tells us that God uses suffering to bring us into wellness, to help us grow, to help us grow in our relationship with Him, to help us grow in our understanding of Scripture, to help us grow in our, our ability to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. He uses that to help us find that, right? He refines our faith. He deepens our character. He gives us an increasing endurance. And He affirms our authority. All so that we can grow into the fullness of God's plan for us. And so... To wrap it up, I'm not sure where any of you are in that process. If any of those ring true where you think, man, I'm kind of in those areas, or I'm, I'm kind of experiencing some of those areas. Well, first I want to say there's a grace. There's a grace in your life for it. But see, also the Bible says that, you know, we can pray, and we can ask God to intervene. And we can ask God to give us wisdom and, and understanding. And sometimes he does the miraculous just like that. Sometimes, though, he's also like, okay, I'm going to start moving the pieces around and I'm going to start putting it into place. But you know what? Part of this process is for you to grow, for you to mature, for you to develop character, for you to have endurance. And so this morning, wherever you are at with that, recognize God has not left you alone. He is right there. He is monitoring what's going on in your life. You are not alone. And he's there. But don't jump ship. Don't just bail on him. And say, oh, I guess he doesn't care. No, he cares deeply. And he wants you to know that sometimes all you got to do is call out. Call out so this morning I just want to pray over you 
And then afterwards, we'll have a couple people up here that will pray for you individually if you would like some individual prayer for whatever, sickness, whatever it is, whatever you need. I'm just going to pray over you corporately and then we'll, we'll, we'll dismiss you. But if you need prayer today, you can come up here and we'll, we'll pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that your son Jesus confirms the word of God and that the word of God through the Holy Spirit speaking to us continues to, to grow us, continues to cause us to understand um, the, the, the pathway, the journeys that we're on are not just to, to rob from us, but they are actually to grow us and actually put us in positions to where, you know what, our relationship with, with you, Jesus, is, is being uh, deepened. It's, it's, ca- it's causing more roots to grow deep into the ground. And so, Lord, I just pray over all of us here today that wherever, if we find ourselves in any of those positions, or maybe even tomorrow or the next day, that, Lord, we would have an understanding that we have a grace to walk through it as long as we don't jump ship, as long as we stay in faith, believing that you are there and that you are watching over it and that you are going to take care of the details, that it's only for a while, it's only for a brief time. And I thank you, Lord, that you would encourage us with that, that we would see that, that the Holy Spirit, you would speak to us and reveal even deeper things concerning this this message as we wrap up our, our wellness series. Uh, help us to continue to, to, to grapple with, with the Word of God and, and understanding that biblical wellness is really holistically in every area of our life. And so I thank you for all that you're doing. I pray over each and every individual that they have just an amazing week of God encounters. That, Lord, you would encounter them in, in anything, every area of their life. And that, uh, Lord, they, they would just know that you are with them and that you love them deeply. And so we bless you for that, and we thank you for today in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.